91, page 91, um, let's continue, and there, there's so many, there are going to be many questions that will come up, and as we'll see, we're not going to be able to address everything, because we're going to focus on this almost topic by topic, and we'll see some of the, some of the questions that will arise will be addressed in later, in later sections, uh, you know, so this is, see this as the beginning of addressing a number of uh, related and complicated uh, not complicated, but related questions. It's a long, long, long discussion. So let's begin on page 91. And here we have something from someone known as the Aguda. Okay, it is a book written by, uh, his, name, his name was uh, Alexander Suslin. He lived in 14th century Germany. Uh, he was actually killed, you know, after the Black Plague. There was a, uh, you know, some massacres that took place in different cities of Germany. And he was killed in 1349 uh, during one of these massacres, during one of these uh, pro- programs. Um, but he wrote a very influential book on halacha, which is oftentimes quoted by the Ashkenazic uh, postkim, and he writes as follows, source 41. He's talking about candlelighting, and he says, Vakayitz in the summer, okay, in the summer, and his assumption is in the summer, people are making early Shabbos. So you light candles, and how effective are the candles that you're lighting? You light the candles, and then you sit down, you know, you daven, you sit down for a meal, and it's, uh, it's nice and bright outside, right? So he says, Yachol lechol or hayom, he says, in the summer, when you lit the candles, and you don't need the candles, right? Again, put yourself in their thought, in their mind, in their world, where there are no, no electric lights, right? So, he's, you know, for us, this question, as we'll see, is going to be relevant to almost every Shabbos, because there's always lights, and we don't necessarily need the candles. And we'll come back to that. But he's talking about a world where candles were always needed, but in the summer, when you're eating earlier in the day, he says, we don't need the lights, we don't need the candles, and therefore you can light... And then you could eat anywhere, right? Shalom b'makomaner, you're allowed to eat where you're not eating because the candles aren't really going to help. Then he continues. However, in the summer, you should make long candles, meaning uh, a lot of oil or a, big, a lot of wax, whatever it is. Shalom b'makomaner, so that they shouldn't extinguish. Kodem laila, before the evening. Okay? In other words, so he's saying like this. He says, in terms, there's two things going on over here. I like the candles. Now, in terms of eating, there's no real benefit of eating next to those candles because I'm not really using them. However, I do have to ensure that I will ultimately use those candles. How do I do so in the summer? I light candles that will last until the evening time, until it's dark, and then I could benefit from those candles. Vimlo yasakain, and if a person doesn't do so, if a person in the summer, early Shabbos, it's light outside, they light candles, and they have zero benefit from the candles, have a bracha levatala. It's a bracha in vain. Dishraga betira my mahanya because a bracha candle sorry excuse me because a candle shraga is a candle betira in light during the daytime my mahanya what benefit is there okay so this is the good as approach we'll see there are going to be different opinions about this but the way he introduces everything is as follows he says in the summertime he says you're lighting a candle okay again let's let's ignore electricity let's put ourselves back in the middle ages I'm lighting a candle now I'm making a bracha for a candle that's presumably going to have some benefits if there's no benefits then why would I make a bracha on it, right? It's a bracha levatala, it's a bracha in vain. I don't make a bracha for, for this cup of water if I'm not going to drink it, right? So if I'm not going to benefit from the light, it would seem extraneous, it would seem uh, incorrect to go ahead and make that bracha, right? And therefore he's arguing that in the summer where I don't need to use the light, he says I have to make sure that the light will actually last until it's dark, right? Now, another point that he's mentioning there, again, there's two points coming out of this piece. The other point that he's mentioning is that during the day, there's no mitzvah of eating by the candle because it's not actually doing anything. Yes, Lisa, I think. So, it is the bracha that we're making only because we're going to benefit from the light, or is there other, other reasons 
So that's clearly his view. We'll see there might be dissenting views, but that's clearly his view. His view is that there has to be some benefits in order for us to, um, in order for us to, to, um, to make the bracha. And that's really what we're going to be exploring today. And really almost, I would say a little differently, it, we're going to be defining what the, I think everyone's going to agree there has to be some benefit. The question is, what is the definition of benefits? Is benefits that I'm actually using that light? And we'll see maybe a broader understanding to what benefit is. But everyone will agree there has to be some level of benefits from that light. And we'll see what the parameters are with many, many applications. This is just source number one, and we're going to unpack this a little bit more as we continue. So let's see. So the Shulchan Aruch quotes this. And um, okay, let's see what the Shulchan Aruch says. If we look at source 42, Says the Shulchan Aruch, Hamalikim mezavios habayis ve'ochlim bechatzer. Okay, if a person lights in like the corner of the house and then they eat in the courtyard. Okay, so a person's eating, lighting the candles in one place, they eat somewhere else. Im ena neras aruchos shadolkos adalayla. If the candles don't last until the nighttime. In other words, I'm eating outside. Okay, typical, you're eating here in the Middle East or whatever it is. You know, people are eating on their mere pesta, they're eating on their whatever it is, or at home in Baltimore, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, so a person wants to eat outside. Great, beautiful. But they're not benefiting from, benefiting from the light. And then he says, clearly basing this on the Aguda, he says that if a person lights their candles, doesn't eat near their candles, and their candles don't last past their meal, once again, that's a bracha levatala. So he's just incorporating, he's just codifying what the Aguda said. Let's hold on. I know there's going to be some questions. Let's go. Let's keep on, keep on moving, and then, we'll, and then we'll, we'll pause for some questions. Source 43, okay? Ye, this is also the Shulchan Aruch speaking. Yesh Omrim she'ein mekadshem el orhaner. Okay, now we get into the other piece which the Aguda mentioned, which was the need or the lack of need for you to eat by the candles themselves. So he says, there are those who say that you are only allowed to make Kiddush with the candles in front of you. That when you're eating, the candles have to be right there. V'yei there are those who say, she'ena Kiddush taloi baner, that Kiddush is not connected to the candle. That you don't have to necessarily make Kiddush by the candles. V'munene bechatzer yoser, mipnei ha'avir, o mipnei ha'zvuvim. Let's say you will have more benefits in the, in the courtyard because it's a nice breeze or there's bugs inside the house. Okay, again, we live in, thank God, in a, in a world where that sounds bizarre. Um, I was just actually, in, last time, two times ago, I was in Israel. I was in some house where someone was renting some house and the house was infested uh, with like bugs, whatever it was. So they went to the Merpeset and it was so much more comfortable because, yeah, there's a flyer too, but it wasn't, there was no infestation. So in the ancient world, this was a regular problem. Okay, the house is going to be infested. Outdoors is much more pleasant. Okay, whatever the case may be, that it's more beneficial for you to be outside. Okay, so Mekadosh Bechatzer, the Ochel Sham, you're allowed to make Kiddush in the courtyard and you're allowed to eat there. Afalpisha Eino Roaner, even though you don't, <clears throat> you don't see the candles. Shaneros Laoneg Nitztavu, Vlo The goal of the candles is to give you pleasure and not to pain you. In other words, the candles shouldn't be the cause of your pain. So if you have candles in one place, say, oh, I have to eat here, but it's really uncomfortable for me to eat here, that makes no sense. Vachim Estabra, and that is what seems logical. Okay, so basically he's telling us here another point of point that on the one hand, he mentioned in the earlier halacha, there has to be some benefit from the candles, and we'll come back to that. And at the same time, he's telling us that I don't have to necessarily eat my meal near the candles. If eating the meals near my candles is going to, for whatever reason, be uncomfortable, then I don't have to have my meal near the candles. Okay, let's keep on reading. Two more sources, and then we'll take the question. So, source 44. This is the Mishnah Burak commenting on the Shulchan Aruch. He says like this, V'ochlim, Ayin lekaman, Sof, Simen, Reish, Ayin, Gimel, B'magin, Avram, Sif, Katan, Tesvav, De'ein, Motor, Lechol, Bechatzer. Okay, so he, he points out that when the Shulchan Aruch said that I'm allowed to eat in the courtyard, the Magen Avram says it a little bit sharper. He says, it's not permitted to eat in the courtyard. Rak dafka b'mitztar harbe b'beso mishum zvuv 
when the Shulchan Aruch said that I'm allowed to light in one place and eat somewhere else, that's only in those scenarios where it's really uncomfortable. At least that's what the Magen Avram understands. That it's specifically, there's like infestation. There's really, it's troublesome to go ahead and eat in that, in that place. Okay? Halav hachi. But if it's not like really troubling, then then you should really be eating in the place of lighting. Okay, so the Mishnah Bura is a little bit arguing with the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch seemed to be a little bit more flexible about lighting in one place and eating somewhere else. The Mishnah Bura says, no, 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 no. That whole idea is only when it's really uncomfortable, when it's really uncomfortable, but just simply, I want to light somewhere, and I want to eat somewhere else. A person shouldn't ideally set up such a situation. Okay, further, one more, one more source of the Mishnah Bura. <clears throat> Again, in source, in source 44, Bechatzer, Mashma, it implies, Dim ocha babayis, um, if a person's eating in one's house, Af sagi. So if a person's eating in their own house, and let's say they're making early Shabbos, then even if the candles don't last until the nighttime, that's fine. Why is it fine? Because I'm benefiting from the light. Then it's not a, 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 a bracha for no reason. Even though it's still daytime, Okay, then it's, it's still, there's joy from the candles, okay? Um, <clears throat> then he says it's ideal, a person should ideally set up candles or oil that it's go- enough that it's going to last until nighttime, even if they want to eat, if they want, even if they want to eat during the day, ideally the candles should last until night, but technically, as long as I benefited from those candles. So again, early Shabbos. I want to make early Shabbos. Let's say my candles only last for an hour and a half, okay? And I make early Shabbos at six o'clock, whatever it is, and, sh- and night falls not until nine o'clock, whatever, right? So I'm allowed to do so. I'm te- definitely allowed to do so, even though the candles are going to be going to go down at that point. Um, that's totally fine. The Mishnah says, ideally, ideally, you want the candles to last until nightfall, but it's certainly not necessary. Let's go a little bit further. We're going to take all the questions. Okay, one more source. Just hold on to those questions. Let's see the Piskit because this brings it home a little bit more. Ulachain, source 45. Ulachain, Eloham Malikos Neros Bebesam. Oh, Bachsana Yasam. Let's say a person lights candles in their home or where the place where they're sleeping. Okay? Vod Kodem Shecha Shecha Yotze Misham. And then before it gets dark, they go and they eat somewhere else, right? This happens all the time. A person is a guest somewhere else for Friday nights, right? So they want to light candles in their home, and then they're going to go to their neighbor's house for a meal. And they come back home, and the candles are already extinguished. You go to your friend's house, you're there for two, three hours. By the time you come home, those candles are no longer lit. It would come out that a person just made a blessing in vain. Right? Why? Because they never benefited from those candles, right? At all. Because they lit the candles, and before it's even shot, right? Then they walk over, right? So it's still light outside. They never did anything by those candles, never ate by those candles, and then they leave. You know, they never benefited at all. So a person, it's important that a person should make sure to benefit from the candles once it's dark already. It doesn't necessarily have to be me, okay? So just parenthetically, as long as someone benefits, he says, Let's say, he's giving like a unique scenario, where let's say I lit the candles, I'm going to my friend's house, but I know that someone else is coming back to my house and they're going to benefit from my candles. That's okay. Okay, that's not a, such a common case. But then he gives a brilliant idea. 
Uvizmaninu in our days. What a person should do. Let's say you are in this scenario, right? You go, you got invited to your friend's house for a Friday night meal. So you light the candles at home. And then you walk over to their house. You never benefited from those candles. Wait, it's a bracha levatala. You never benefited from those candles. So what do you do? Immediately before lighting your Shabbos candles, turn, t- turn off and then turn back on the, ca- the lights in your, in your living room, in your dining room, right? You're going to come back home later at night. Your Shabbos candles are going to be out, but hopefully, hopefully your light bulbs didn't go out, right? And therefore, you're going to come home and you're going to benefit from those lights. So have in mind also the light, the electric lights, and you'll benefit. Even though the candles will already go out, when you come back home, it's only the candle, only the, the, the actual electric lights which are still lit. It is no longer a bracha levatala, or no longer a bracha in vain. Okay, so let's summarize all the points that he's making, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go a little bit further. So again, the basic principles are as follows. You need to have some benefits from the candles, okay? It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to eat near the candles, although that's ideal, okay? The main things need to benefit from the lights of the candles. We're going to get a little bit more soon into what the exact benefit is, but there has to be some level of benefit from those candles, okay? So therefore, the, the real challenge, so in the summer, Okay, um, you, you should ideally, you, so, so in the summer, you, the Mishnah Brewer already told us, you could light near where you're eating, so you'll have some benefits. Now, what's the benefit? Let's say, especially nowadays, we're going to talk about that soon. But in our time, what benefits do you have from your candles lit in a room that's lit up by brilliantly bright LED lights? What benefit is there? Ambiance. You're absolutely right. The post can basically say there is ambiance, right? At the end of the day, if you're having a fancy meal at your house, you're going to some fancy events, and they light candles at the table. Does it really benefit? The answer is no and yes. No, it doesn't. If, you're, if you have a very utilitarian view, right? If you're a very, very utilitarian, be like, oh, these candles do nothing. But anyone, you know, but anyone has a slightly broader view, you know, is there a difference between having candles at the table or not? Of course there is. There's a reason people still use candles in the mod, that it's not only Jews who use candles because people enjoy having candles even when the lights are lit. So the Mishnah Baruch said, even if you have early Shabbos and you light those candles, there is, and you have them next to your table, there is already some benefits because of ambiance. There is something to be said about that. So ideally, you want to make sure they're lit until dark, but it's not necessary. It's not necessary. But the bottom line is there has to be some benefit from those candles. So when I'm a guest somewhere and I light those candles, then I leave, I have to do, eat, ensure one of two things. Either that they last until I come home, and then, as we'll see, you should really try to have some benefit from those candles when I come home, or you just have, the, you light the, your, your, you turn your lights right before you light, and therefore, when you come home, those lights are going to make sure, right, what are the reasons behind lighting Shabbos candles? Yeah, there's owning. There's also, so I don't trip. If my lights are on in my house, when I come home, it's going to make sure that I'm not bumping into things. So I'm Yotze, and it's not a bracha levatala. Okay. A lot of people are, uh, we're going to go around the entire room. Okay, I have a lot of people had some questions. Yes, Karen. Okay, so two things. If you're talking just about enjoying the candles, and <coughs> divorcing Sorry. from Shabbos, why don't we say a bracha if we light candles on Thursday night? Like, that's, these are no longer Shabbos candles. But, but no, it's that you should enjoy it on Shabbos. But you're not. He's saying it's okay, you could light it early. And no, 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 because you made early Shabbos. Right. That's Shabbos. Okay, so the second... Meaning, I, when I accept Shabbos, that's, that's full-fledged Shabbos for me. Okay. So the second question, though, is all of these early responsa who didn't have electric lights, are they totally jettisoning the concept of Shalom Bayez? That was a very big part of it. 
those who say that it, even though it's not going to last beyond, yeah, uh, essentially, essentially they're saying, yeah, there's still the Oneg elements. It seems like, it seems like, yeah, and this is, you know, if we would have more time, we would, you know, d- take a deeper dive into this, but it seems like they, they you know, we, we saw earlier, there's, there's uh, three elements, but, you know, two of the one, you know, there's, there's the Kavod of preparing the light, of, of light, preparing for it. There's the Oneg of the enjoyment, which we still have, but in terms of Shalom Bias, that, and that, I mean, that's, that's, that's the tension of the Mishnah The Mishnah on the one hand is saying it's sufficient, if, if it's going to go out, if you, if, if I make early Shabbos and I like candles and I'm benefiting from them, so I have kavod, I have oneg. And that's why he says, ideally you let it light until nightfall for that third reason. But you're right. The other post which say it's of, fine. Okay. Because I thought that was actually one the of most the integral. essential parts. That, isn't that what the Gemara brought down first? Well, it's not really a first when it comes to Gemara, but yes, it was one of the reasons brought. Yeah, correct. So, so yeah, then that's why the Mishnah Burra is, is, is suggesting that we really try to make sure it lasts, but it's not critical. Yes. So let me answer that, and I'll come to your next. To your next, you have another. Yeah, follow- yeah. The, the second one's really just a comment, just that um, as far as ambiance, like if you go to a restaurant and they have candles, they don't have the full lights on, so it's. True, true, true. But there's still there's something. To, like, I, I agree. I agree. It would be you know more ambience, you know, to, to go ahead and, and lower the lights. But, but there's something to say about candles. You, you have the Shabbos candles lit. And maybe we're conditioned that way, but the bottom line is that it feels ah, the Shabbos stick, right? So 3,000, you know, 2,000 years of lighting these candles uh, created this, this ambiance for us. Maybe it's a subjective Jewish ambiance, but it exists. Um, <laughs> exactly. But regarding your first question, you've, uh, you've, uh, you've addressed one pro- qu- problem, but then you create another problem because it's true. I now made Kiddush in the place of my candles, but there's an even more, um, there's an even more important integral halakha and that is that kiddush b'makom suda. That it's critical that you make kiddush in the place that you eat your meal um, or have some form of a meal. So therefore, to like kiddush, to make kiddush, maybe you could have some of them. Yeah, you can wash then eat the bread. You have to have some form of your suda there as well. So that your your idea could still work. Yeah, I was thinking about like sukkahs when when it's raining and it's the first night and you gotta <coughs> right outside and right. So you we're, don't want your candles outside because. Good, good, good. So, so Sukkis is, so to your point, just to, to unpack that a little bit more. And Sukkis, if let's say a person doesn't want to put their, you know, their nice candlesticks outside, so there certainly is a, ben- as we see, there is certainly ideal that we have our Shabbos candles where we're eating our meal. And therefore, ideally, ideally, a person should light their Shabbos candles um, or Yamta candles outside with their Sukkah. That said, what we're learning over here is that for whatever reason, let's say you're not comfortable doing so. It's dangerous, it's this, it's that. It's 100% permitted to light inside. But what you'd have to do is to make sure after the meal, sit down and read next to it, you know, have some tea or whatever, do something near those candles so you're really benefiting from those candles. So you would be allowed. I wouldn't, you know, in, in, I wouldn't just do it always, but if there's some extenuating circumstance, you know, so you don't take out the silver candle, like, ah, I can't take my silver candle sticks outside. So I'm like, okay, take tea lights out. It's still better to have light outside. Um, but um, if, you, if you do need to light inside for whatever reason, you just want to make sure you benefit from it after the meal. Just make, you know, a mental note to do that or else it's a bracha Cyril, was there? So, you know, there, there are certain things that you can't do Designate that it's Shabbos because you know prior to electric lights you would have used candles 
you know, well, actually, there would have been a time when people used kerosene lamps and not candles and just used candles for Shabbos. That it make, you know, makes a separation between, you know, the regular day, the regular, the rest of the week, and Shabbos, and that, you know, at some level would be benefit enough. And then there are places like the land of the midnight sun, it's never going to be helpful. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so, so again, so, you know, it's interesting. There's a major distinction where we're going to start Hanukkah in a few days and there is a, they're diametrically opposed. The Hanukkah candles, you are not allowed to benefit from. The whole nature of the candle is exactly what you're saying. The goal is to light candles for the candles to be seen, but not to benefit from. Whereas the Shabbos candles, the whole nature, it's true. It ultimately becomes representative of this is how I accept Shabbos. But the nature of the institution was, you know, for pleasure, for ensuring that people don't stumble, etc. So the nature of the lighting, the, the, the way to conceptualize that lighting is a lighting of benefits. As opposed to Hanukkah candles, the lighting of non-benefits. So you're right. I have benefit because I am accepting Shabbos. That's not enough because the, 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 the way it was um, constructed was such that you're supposed to be benefiting from those lights. And the benefit of this is my way of accepting Shabbos, that's, you know, there's supposed to be a physical, tangible benefit from those lights. So I, I, I hear you. And at the... Because, because, sorry, so let me say better, because it's a matter of, we, the, 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 our sages instituted a, a lighting of benefits for Shabbos. That's the institution. They didn't institute a lighting of benefits. If you light during Thursday, meaning the, the, our sages want to ensure that we have enjoyment on Shabbos, that, that we have a beautiful Shabbos, and we don't have a, a you know, disharmony in our home on Shabbos. And therefore, they instituted a light. So you can look at it from a very pragmatic purpose, but it's not just... You know, it's pragmatism. There's a benefit, et cetera, et cetera. But on Shabbos, that's the, that's the mitzvah. If you want to do it on Thursday, it's great, but that's not, that, that doesn't have a mitzvah. The same reason that if I go ahead and I have gefilte fish on Thursday night, it's not a mitzvah, but the rabbis institute have good food, if you like gefilte fish, have good food on, on, on Shabbos. And therefore, that is kavod Shabbos. That's something which is beneficial, right? So it's true. You could do the same action on any day, but on Shabbos, it takes on a special nature, and that is a fulfillment of the mitzvah. Yes, Shelley. It's a great question. It's a great question. So um, I, I, we'll see the poskim are not content with that. The poskim want uh, something a little bit more tangible. The, the, the feeling that you're describing, um, one could argue is benefits. One could argue is like, hey, this is beautiful. And we'll see the poskim want something a little bit more tangible for it to really be uh, sufficient. Yes. Next section. Okay, great. Next. Okay, so then uh, last week I was away for Shabbos. We were at like kind of like a bar mitzvah Shabbos home kind of thing. We were told to light in our host house, but we weren't there for very long. In fact, I lived with Tanai because I wanted to drive, walk to get to Shul on time for Mincha. So our hosts were benefiting from my candles. Like they, I mean, they had candles also, but like they were, I lit where they were eating. So we'll see. It, it was fine. It was fine. You don't have to light an extra candle, no, even according to the Machmirim. Yeah. So if you if you don't have an option, then that would certainly we're going to get into that also a little in a little bit. Okay. So we'll we'll. said it's okay. Correct. Correct. If someone else is benefiting, the question is it's a little different because it's not. We'll see why that case is a little bit trickier. But 
Yeah. But then yeah. the other the other thing, um, if someone oh, I forgot, it. I remember it and forgot it. So Okay, so, so again, I, I think the most important takeaways that we have over here are three. One is, ideally, you want to have your candles in the place that you're eating, okay? Two, in a early sh- in a, in a, uh, you know, in a Shabbos, uh, we may take it on early Shabbos, it's fine if your candles go out before it gets dark, but ideally you want it to last until after, okay? Um, and three, if you are going to be going to someone else's house, and let's say you're staying in your own home, we'll talk about cases where I'm staying somewhere else, whatever, but if I'm staying in my own home and I'm gonna come back to my own home later on, what you should do, either make sure that your candles last a long time or let, turn on your electric, turn on the lights in your living room, dining room, whatever it is, an area you're gonna be walking through later right before you make the brachos and have in mind when you light the brachos, when you make the brachos, that it's on those lights as well. Those, I would say, are the three most important takeaways. Yes? Related to that, does that mean that when you lit the, does that mean that you took on Shabbos when you turn on those candles? Or, I'm sorry, turn on the light? So we're going to hold off on that question. We'll see what exactly is accepting Shabbos, when, when you accept Shabbos with the lighting. We'll hold off on that question. Okay. And then, so do you not need to light then? Technically, you don't, right? Like the main thing, which is having benefit, you already achieved. Right. So, so that was already, we spoke at the end of last week, we spoke about, the, 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 uh, Rav Avadio spoke about the fact that technically, you know, nowadays, technically, there's a good argument to be made that all you should do is make a bracha and turn on your lights. But he said we should still light candles because, in his, his quote, because lighting candles demonstrates a unique, recognizable um, act that shows I'm doing this for Shabbos and Yom Tov. So yeah, always, there's always a question. But nowadays, should I just be making a bracha and turn on my, my lights in my house? And the short answer is, I'm 100% able to be, like, you're running around after Shabbos, like, oh my gosh, we ran out of candles. Instead of running over to your neighbor, just make a bracha and light the, turn on your things. And you are, it's better to light, do that than run around and go fight candles. 100%. That said, if you are not losing your mind and you have candles, then you should make a bracha and, and on the candles because doing so demonstrates it's Shabbos. So if you haven't, so so we'll come back to that. That that's the question we're gonna come back to. Yes. We'll come back to that. We'll, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go a little further. Okay, multiple people. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Right. Good question. So, so what we're seeing over here is that the minimum time is that enough that you are benefiting from it. So let's say you light and then you sit down for your Shabbos suit immediately. That's fine. That's fine. Right. Whereas Hanukkah candles, there's a whole, you know, half hour after dark, etc. But with Shabbos candles, the minimum time, bare minimum is that I sat, I, I lit the candles and I sat down for my meal and I'm benefiting from them right there. That that's sufficient. So it's not, if I have a quick meal, I washed, I benched, whatever it is, I'm done. That's fine. There's no, no particular time. Ideally until nightfall. Okay, okay. Let's see the, the, uh, the Maharil. The Maharil deals with the following scenario. Source 46 on page 93. Batim ochlim makom echad. Let's say you have a couple of families eating in one place. Kol echad mevarech a menorah shalom. Each one makes a bracha. Doesn't mean a menorah, like we use the word menorah. They mean like a candelabra. They each make a bracha on their own candles. Afal ora maruba. Even though there's a lot of light. Afal gavsha or even though the Orzarua, okay, another important uh, authority, uh, takes issue with this. There are many who have this custom. And according to, in my opinion, okay, so basically what's he saying? He's saying like this. The Orzarua argues that if many people are in one home, 
it doesn't make sense to light a whole, everyone's lighting in the same candles in the same place. Because at the end of the day, two candles, four candles, six candles, how much more light is it? It's more light. Okay, you have a hundred candles, two candles makes a difference. But at the end of the day, once you already have your basic lights in place, is there really value in having more? So the Orzarua, who he's quoting over here, took issue with many people lighting in one place. The Maharil says, it's really fine. But then he says, um, He says, it appears to me to answer, As long as you add light, The more light there is, the more harmony there is, right? The more light. You have a little light, you have a big light, you have a really big light. There's going to be more benefit and therefore he doesn't take issue with a bunch of people lighting in one place, okay? Does the Orzaroa say that those other women shouldn't light? Correct. Or they should light in a different part of the house? Let's see. So let's see. So source 47. Let's see the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah Paskin. So the Shulchan Aruch writes, page 94, Two or three homeowners, people living, uh, eating in one place. There are those who say each one makes their own bracha on their own candles. And there are those who are hesitant about this. Since this is a suffix brachos, I might be making a bracha in vain. We should be careful. Only one person should make a bracha for everyone else. And this is actually how Svardim Paskin, that's for Svardim, what they do is if let's say a bunch of people are eating in one place, Right? So imagine a Friday night meal in our show, and you know, 45 people, 50 people are lighting candles. No. If we were a Svartic show, then what would happen is one person would make a bracha, and then everyone would light. Why? Because it's suffix brachos. And it's a, it's a doubt if the bracha is sufficient, if, if each person is really needed to light their candles. Therefore, one make, person makes a bracha, and everyone else lights. However, says the Ramah, Haggad, that's the, the Ramah, we don't have this custom. In other words, Ashkenazi custom is that everyone is allowed to light and it's totally fine. However, the Mishnah says something very interesting. Okay? The Mishnah says, 48, If let's say you have a scenario where, um, you know, there's a, there's a communal eating place, but everyone has their own rooms, and so a person has their own space, even though you're not eating there, and you're not eating there, Okay, you are allowed to light there, assuming there's going to be some benefits in that scenario. So the Mishnah Bura says, ideally, ideally, in a scenario where a bunch of people either light in one place, or let's say you could go back to your room and light in your room, and you're going to go back to your room later, you're going to read a book there, whatever it's going to be, it'd be better to light in your room. Okay, so again, bottom line is, let's just speak about this practically, you go to a communal meal, Right. Um, very often, it's not practical for you to lie. Let, let's let's just uh, I don't know. Sholo has a meal. Let's just use this case, okay? So everyone drive. Many people are driving to Shul before Shabbos. We'll see soon. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to light and then drive. Ideally, we'll come back to that whole scenario. But ideally, you want to light candles and accept Shabbos when you do so. So you go to a communal meal and everyone's lighting in the same place. If you're Ashkenazi. That's 100% fine. The Mishnah Bura says if there's a way of lighting, you know, somewhere else in a place where you're going to benefit, that would be better. But the bottom line is it's totally fine to be lighting in the place, for everyone to be lighting together. And that is the Ashkenazi custom. Again, unless, so, but, but let's say you're going to be going back to your home later, right? Then ideally you would want to light in your home with a bracha and ensure that the la- candles still last because of this machlokas, because it's still better for you to have exclusive benefit from that light and not be lighting in a place where other people are lighting. You with me? You lose my with you? Well, right? So in an ideal world, so again, you have both options open. You're going somewhere a bunch of people are lighting, so you could light there and you could rely on that. However, it might be better to light in your own home because assuming that you could still have either the candles lasting or you turn the lights on and those last because then you have the only, you're the one who's making a bracha on lights, on candles that you're going to benefit from. Yes? 
So is, I think you addressed this the other week, but is the mitzvah, like which part is the mitzvah? Because if you know, you're making the bracha, and by making the bracha, you, it's like implying like you benefit, you're like doing this thing and there's going to be benefit from it. So if you're in a scenario like of the big room where you're not going to benefit from it, then just don't lay. Like, is it your, like, meaning we're going through this whole rigmarole to, like, light in a place and then go have tea there so you can benefit from it. Like, the point was that it was supposed to do a purpose. Right. And you don't want to make a bracha if it's not actually doing that purpose. Great. In this case, not doing the purpose. So you're saying maybe I'm exempt from lighting entirely. Like, that, that, that was the purpose. Like, we're, we're trying to create this whole scenario where we go home and, like, sit in a book. Like, it's not... Right. Okay, it's a fair question. We'll see. There might, there, there's going, in many cases, not all cases, but in many cases, there still is going to be an obligation to light. So now you're stuck. <laughs> You're right. Um, on the one hand, hey, we're not fulfilling the basic, op- you know, uh, obligation. At the same time, I have an obligation, so I have to figure out how to, how to figure, you know. I, I, yeah, basically, right, we're kind of like, you're, you're right, we're working a little bit backwards, but, there, but there's, a, there's a necessity. There are going to be scenarios where I'm not going to be, we have to come back to your dormitory question. We'll get there before you go to seminary. Uh, what's it called? But, uh, but, but, uh, but uh, there, there's, you know, there's going to be scenarios where I may not have an obligation, but very often... There, there will be, and therefore, you're right, I have to come on, kind of come up with this, you know, convoluted scenario where I'm still going to benefit. Yes? Correct. 100%. 100%. Correct. Yes. Very important points. And that's, we see that clearly from the Shulchan Aruch, right? I don't have to light candles, but I do have to be part of someone's candle lighting. Right? In other words, I can't just say, well, someone else in the world's lighting. Right? What I could do, if let's say I'm going to someone else's house, and let's say I want, you know, or let's say they run out of, they, I don't have enough candles for you. Right? You come to the house, and everyone's like scrambling, there's not enough candles, not enough candles. What are we going to do? Take a deep breath, and one person lights for everyone else. And that's totally fine. That, that's, that's 100% fine. You but have but you, have to, you don't have to give them money. That's for Hanukkah. Uh, but but uh, good question. Uh, but for Hanukkah, it has to be your lights, et cetera, et cetera. But over here, again, we said, is it the lighting? Is it the benefit from the light? So as long as you're saying, hey, could you have me in mind when you light? 100% fine. Okay. Yes. So if we're coming to the show dinner and the candles are usually set up in the kitchen, you light the, you're, you're going into the kitchen we move them, and you're lighting there. No. So we, we, we specifically... Here? No, um, don't quote, don't quote where. Okay. Uh, It used to be. We moved them out of there because that's not right. right. Yeah. So you couldn't light them in the kitchen and walk into the big room where you're eating the meal. It's certainly far from ideal. There might be what's reliable. It's far. It's, 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 it's certainly not ideal because you want to benefit from them. They want to be in the place that you're eating in a place where you are. If you're going to light them in a room and then close, and that's what we're about to get to right now. But yes, so it's not ideal. Again, I understand people want to do it for safety reasons, et cetera, right. but it's, it's, it's tricky because you're really not benefiting from those lights whatsoever. You put them in another room, right. where's the benefit? Yes. Right. So I understand if you have three families together and like near the Shabbos table. When you have 100 families and they're lighting like 100 tea lights in the corner of a huge room, I don't really see that as giving any benefit to anybody. It looks just kind of messy. It doesn't <laughs> add it's just a big corner for the I don't know. Beth thinks it looks nice. I agree with Beth. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's beautiful. So many people like shower candles. I don't know. Which I find it moving. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I hear. Okay, so let's, let's get into that particular question. It comes up in hotels in Israel, uh, especially Shabbos Hanukkah. Everyone goes to hotels for Shabbos Hanukkah. It's like a thing. Okay, and so um, the question is, now not this year because all the hotels are jam-packed, unfortunately, with you know, refugees, um, people who have been displaced. But, but, but typically, the hotels are jam-packed, and there's always a question of where you're allowed to light, right? In America, you don't find, like, signs, like, do not light in your room, because, like, you're not supposed to smoke in your room, right? But 
I light Shabbos candles in my, ho- in my hotel room all the time, and whatever, two candles, and whatever, I'm there, it's fine. Um, but but, uh, but uh, and, and no fire alarms go off in Israel. They are on top of it. They know that people want to do that, and they are like adamant about the fact that you cannot do so, and especially not Hanukkah candles. Um, so, but, but Shabbos candles as well, they give you, they're very particular about where you should be lighting. So let's go through a little bit of it, and then we'll, then we'll see what, what the post has to say. So let's see the Piskei Shuvah, on page 95. So typically what happens in a hotel is they'll set up candles in the, you know, in the, in the dining room, right? So, ideally, ideally, and again, this is not always so practical, ideally, you should go ahead and uh, light the candles next to where you're eating. They shouldn't be so distant from where you're eating. Again, that's not so practical, but as long, he said, that's ideal. Ideal, if you could light the candles close to where you're eating, that's great. But again, that's not always so practical. As long as you're in the room, that's fine. Let's look at source 50. The Derek Klau, in general, Hanhalos Beisam alone, the management of the hotels, they don't allow lighting candles in the bedrooms because of safety reasons, okay? Uh, that's an English word. Uh, that's a Hebrew word now. Okay, uh, in, the, in the lobby of the hotel, they designate a place where all the women light. But often, in this scenario, where they set it up in the lobby, not in the dining room, no one's allowed to make a bracha. So very often in the hotels, I remember seeing this, that they, you know, they do this for Hanukkah candles, which is fine. But for the, the, they typically set up in the lobby area a place to light Shabbos candles. Nothing's going on in the lobby, right? You're not benefiting. Okay, if you do that, good. But typically, if, if you're, if, but I, if you plan on going back to lobby and reading, right? But in a typical scenario, I have my beautiful room up here. There's 4,000 kids screaming in the lobby. I don't know about you, but I'm like, you know, I'm not hanging out over there, right? So in a typical scenario, they say light in the lobby and, and that you're, you're, he says, you're not Yotze. You are simply not Yotze by lighting in the lobby. If the candles are not in a place where you're eating or where you benefit, you don't fulfill your obligation. If it's a, a room, grand is not the dining room, but you're going to go sit down in the tea room. You know, apparently tea rooms happen in Israel as well. We're going to sit down for some coffee or some tea or some cake or read a book. Okay. Then, Azai, then Isha Ashkenazi woman, Shemalika Neros Tamin Yecholavarech, who then she lights her candles there, even though other people lighting the candles and she make a bracha. Visha Sfardia, and a Sfardi woman, woman Shagia Varasa, Shieshkvar Neros Tolkim, if other people already lit, Talik below bracha, she shall light without a blessing. So again, in a scenario, so again, two scenarios in a hotel. One is if it's in the room where you're, where you're eating, you're Yotze, even though it's not necessarily next to your table. Your Yotze, it's in the room. It's creating some ambiance, at least for many of us. So what's it called? So it's, it's fine. It's sufficient, right? If it's in the lobby where you're not eating and you're not relaxing, then you shouldn't light, okay? But if it's in the lobby, you should make sure to go back to that lobby, sit down in that lobby, enjoy being in that place for a little bit, have a tea there, have a coffee there, read a book there for a little bit. And then assuming for Ashkenazim, you can make a bracha. If you're Sparty, you have to make sure you're the first one lighting, then you can make a bracha. But if you're not the first one lighting, then you would light without a bracha. Yes. So it comes from this, uh, the source that we saw initially, what was it, the Maharil. The Maharil argued, so you're right, Suffolk brachos lahakel, you're right, that's a general principle, whenever there's a doubt about blessings. The Maharil argued, and again, 
you're, you're right. This, uh, this one may argue there's a weak argument, but it, it, but it defends the custom that we have. And he says, at the end of the day, more light is more benefits. More light is more harmony. More light is more ambiance. And therefore, he says that you know you are adding to say that it's doing nothing when you go from two to four and four to six, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, he disagrees, and therefore he says it's not a suffix. It's 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 totally sufficient. Yes, Shelley. Isn't there a general split between Ashkenazi and Sephardi about whether you make a bracha if there's a suffix? Because there are lots of other situations where. Ashkenazim would make the bracha and Spartan wouldn't. Right. I, I, I believe you're referring specifically, are you referring specifically to the case of, of women making a bracha on areas where they're not commanded? Yeah. Right. So I think it's, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't believe that's based well, on that's this. That's where I learned it. But I, thought that right, but I don't think it's based on Suffolk brachos the hakel there. I believe it's a principled approach that mm-hmm. there's, you cannot say the words Asher Kiddishanu if it's a mitzvah which you're getting benefit from but you're not actually commanded. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying in terms of the connection. I don't, I don't remember if they incorporate, you know, in, in uh, you know, invoke uh, I think it's based on a principled approach that no, there's no bracha over here because of that. That you can't say shirki dishanu. I believe. I believe. Yes, Lisa. So couldn't in this case where they they have the candles in the lobby, couldn't you use the little trick where you maybe you light the back, put on your electric lights in the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes, I think someone's going to say that. Uh, yes, we're going to let's turn the page. Good. You're, 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 you're in good company. So let's turn the page. Uh, source 51, this is the Chudshani. Uh, this is Ravnissim Karlitz. Um, he says like this, Okay, and this goes back to the question of benefits, right? So let's say I lit the candles, and let's say I know that when I come back to the house, I'm going uh, to eat something by the candles. Uh, you know, ideally you want to eat by those, meaning, again, he's going, we're going, I don't know why this is over here or not in our earlier place, uh, but, but he's going back on the question of, I lit my candles, I left to go to someone's house, then I come back home. Ideally, ideally, the benefit you want to have is a eating type of, uh, a type of benefits. You want to eat by the, by the candles. You don't have to sit down for a meal, a little snack, a little tea, a little something. But uh, that said, that said, other posts can say, even if you don't want to eat there, you could also benefit by simply reading near, there or simply benefiting it. So you're, ideally, again, if you go out on Friday nights and you lit the candles, you know, and, and you left your house uh, while it was still light outside, then really you should do something of substance, ideally eating, but if it's not eating, the, uh, there are other posts that he's not mentioned over here that you could do something by those candles and that way you, you benefited from it. Okay? Okay. Now let's go to the Piskei Chuvas, which mentions what Lisa just said. So source 52. Now we're going back to the case of the hotel. Okay. So you're in your hotel room um, or you're in your, your whatever room that you're staying in and you're going to be, you're gonna be lighting in a place um, where you're not necessarily going to be getting any benefit from those candles. They're in the lobby, right? So you're not necessarily going to get any benefit. So what do you do? Light a candle, light, a, light the lights in your room. So light the bathroom lights. Don't like the bracha in the bathroom, but you light the lights in your bathroom, right? And then you're going to have a little bit of light in your room, right? The old bathroom, you know, shop, before we had showers uh, lights, uh, you basically light a light in the bathroom, then you open or close the bathroom light door to get benefit, right? So basically you turn on the lights in your bathroom and then go downstairs immediately, light the shabbos candles in the lobby and say a bracha and you have in mind for the, can- for the lights you just lit in your room. You're allowed to talk, whatever. The point is that, you know, it should be sooner, you know, sooner. Take the elevator? You can take the elevator, yeah, because you're only really accepting shabbos. You know, only only accept the shops. We're gonna come back and discuss. There's no half sick. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So shop your space. So he says, "Umiyalo half sick tail lamakam amiyu alalaka." Go to the place where you um, where you light v'tidla v'tadlek v'tivarech. You can light and make a bracha. Shop your space. I feel who befina nisteras. Even if ganef it's in a hidden place, deshuv imbazeh bracha latala. There is no uh, extraneous extra bracha. Deberchasa kai gamal orach hashmal shbechadra. Because then the bracha is going on the electric lights in one's room. 
Okay. Yes. In that case, would it be just as beneficial to play black and white and then say a bracha? Is there any difference? I'm not sure. It's a fair question. I'm not sure. You certainly are Yotze. I'm not sure. Here it says before or after in the little orange thing. In the little orange thing. Um, okay. Or after lighting the candle, the candles. So then get a little. Um, okay, so that, well, yeah, that's a little trickier because once you light the candles, you make the bracha there. That's when it's going to get trickier. So we're going to get into that idea. I, I, yeah, it's not what the biscuit shiva says. The biscuit shiva says, yeah, yeah. So you could cross out the orange box for a second. Okay, let's let's let's. Let, okay, so so again, let's let's um, let's let's focus on. Let's now focus on going to someone else's house for a meal. Um, right, this comes up all the time. Can you light at your friend's house? Yes, you could. The only reason, so that would be the simplest thing to do on the one hand. At the same time, lighting at someone else's house, what's the drawback of lighting at someone else's house? No light in your own home. A, there's no light in your own home, but what? What's, Sometimes you drive okay, you, to them. Well, then, then certainly it's better to light there. Certainly be better to light there if you want to drive there. But the other drawback would be that machlokas we saw earlier where, where we said, I, you know, if everyone's lighting in the same place, is, there in some, is it some way deficient? So some say because of that, even though, again, Ashkenazi custom is that you're allowed to light in a place where other people are lighting. But some say because of that, it's best to light in your own home. Now again, to your, your example, Jenny, if I, if I need to drive there, certainly it's better to drive to my friend's house or drive to the shoal and light there. No question about it. That would be the ideal thing to do. And that's totally fine. And uh, if you're an Ashkenazi, it's 100% fine. Some still argue, again, driving case aside, if you have the, you're going to the next door neighbor. So I can light in my own house, I can light at their house. I'm allowed to light in my neighbor's house. Some would argue, based on that debate about lighting in a place with these other candles, that it would still be more ideal to light in my own home. And if I want to do so, though, I have to be careful. I have to be careful either, A, that the candle is going to still be burning when I come home, or before I light, I should turn on an electric light, right? And then when I come home again, I should go ahead and eat something or read a little bit by the light. Practically, it's a lot of things to remember. So it's probably better, if you're Ashkenazi, to just light at your, if you're going to your friend's house and you're able to be there before Shabbos, it's probably better to just light at their house, call it a day, okay? Or call it a Shabbos. Yeah, yes? I'm sorry. I just know someone who got such a strict sock that they have to light where they're sleeping, even if they're at the place where they're eating before Shabbos, before like the second day again, they have to go back, stay there for half an hour, light candles, and then go back to where they're eating again. I don't know where that would have come from. Like, you have to light where you're sleeping. There's no... Uh, I, I can't speak to that, but um, yeah, not sure, not sure. Okay, so let's just let's just quickly uh, see these last few halachos about. Uh, you know, we've been touching upon this, dancing around this whole thing about the fact that at the end of the day, our candles do not really necessarily benefit us because we have much brighter electric lights, right? So if you look at uh, source fifty three, um, um, he says like this. Um, this is from the Radiance of Shabbos, and I wish I knew who wrote it, but uh, okay, we'll read it anyways. I think this is from Rav Simcha Bun, uh, Bunim. I think those, uh, you know, those. Shabbos collection of Allah is a great, great collection of, of like the sanctity of Shabbos. He has a whole bunch of uh, laws of, of Shabbos. And so I believe this is, I believe this is his. So he says like this. Nowadays, most homes um, are br- brightly illuminated during the Shabbos meal by electric lights. A number of contemporary authorities have raised the question whether one could fulfill the mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles in such a room, since they add little, if any, appreciable light. These authorities therefore suggest that before lighting the candles, one should light the electric lights for the sake of Shabbos and recite the bracha over them as well as over the candles. In accordance with this view, the procedure should be as follows. One should turn off the electric lights in the room and the Shabbos candles will be lit and then turn them out on immediately for the sake of Shabbos. The candle, Shabbos candle should then be lit and the bracha, which is recited, will apply to both the candles and the electric lights. And he writes in the comments that he heard this from Moshe Feinstein and this is the practice of Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky as well. Okay, that said, that said, let's keep on reading. So, so again, one opinion says, this is what you have to do. Nowadays, where your Shabbos candles add so little 
So you should really just turn off your, your electric lights, uh, turn them back on for Shabbos, and then make the bracha, I mean, then light your candles and then make the bracha. And that would be the ideal thing to do because really the candles, the light that benefits you the most are your electric lights. Okay? However, source 54. So he's really talking about something else that's relevant to us. The question of, do you leave your Shabbos candles on the table? Okay, so I remember when I was uh, newly married, no, no children at home, so we put the Shabbos candles on the table. And then, <laughs> it's like the dumbest idea in the world. You have kids, it's like a disaster, right? So it looks very nice, and it seems like the right thing to do, but it's a terrible idea. Uh, it's like the, the whole meal, I'll be like on, you know, on edge, because my kid's going to like knock everything over as they always do. And the Shabbos, right? So he says, we don't have this minag. He says, for us... The candles are not there to give light. The electric lights in the room are sufficient. There's a kavod to have different lights on on Shabbos. Therefore, there, even though there's a light in the candle, um, you, we still have special lights for Shabbos. It's only for honor. There's no direct benefits. Turn the page. We don't have this custom. Um, and we could still fulfill the, the, the mitzvah of kavod uh, with our candles. And you can make a bracha on these. So basically, Rav Sternbach, who is writing this past psak, disagrees and says that we don't need to turn on our electric lights. Anyone do that over here? Anyone turn on the electric lights? Sometimes, okay. Um, okay, so again, there are major posts who say, no, you, before you light your Shabbos candles, you have to turn on your electric lights. Rav Sternbach says, and we've kind of said this a couple times already, it's true, I'm not benefiting from those candles, but they add to the ambiance, and therefore, I'm completely yotze. If you want to start doing this, by all means, Rav she- I was told, I've never, I didn't hear this from them directly, but I was told Rav Shechter, Rav Shechter from, from Rosh Yiv of YU, what they do, I believe, what I was told, is that his wife, may, they turn off the lights, his wife makes the bracha on the candles, and he turns on the electric lights at that time. Okay? Um, fine. Uh, that, that's, that's what they do. Okay, and that's, again, Ramosha Feinstein, Rav Yaakov It's a beautiful idea. I think most people have the minag, and you don't have to change your minag if you want, by all means. But uh, there, there are many who understand that, you know, from Sturmach and others who say that just like we don't necessarily put the candles on our table, we put them in the room. The idea is that it's there for ambiance, and we don't necessarily need to benefit directly from the lights, and that is totally fine. Okay? I hope there was a lot of uh, details today, but yes, go ahead. That bit about putting it on the table, I was actually told that my candles are supposed to be on my table. And I was like, you know, where does that come from? I didn't see that. It comes from the fact that I want to, it comes, it's like, it's. Yeah, so then that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. On the table, Dafka? I don't know. But, you know, my house, they're across the room. Yeah, so you have to put something on the, yeah, you have to put something on them, right, one day we'll get to Muxa, but yeah, you have to, you can't move the candles unless, you can't, well, you can't move the candlesticks, forget the, can, the candles, you certainly can't move, but after the extinguish, you still can't move the candlesticks because they're Muxa unless you had something else on the tray, so you put something on, you put a watch or whatever is on the tray, then you can move the whole thing together. Okay, so we'll, we'll come back, it's, 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 it's a longer discussion. Uh, yeah. Okay. So again, uh, I think we have it. We have it clear. Again, you are allowed to light. If you're going somewhere else, you're allowed to light there. And sometimes it's more beneficial to light there. If you do want to light in your own home, it's critical that you make sure the lights last, your candles light until when you come back and then you benefit from it or be clever, turn on the lights, your candle, your, your electric lights. And that way, and then, and then still benefit from it. But that way you're for sure going to be uh, getting some benefit from it. Regardless, it doesn't matter how long your meal lasted, you'll still get some benefit. Yes, Shelly, and then Lisa. 
Yes, yes, yes. We're going to get there. Uh, not, again, next week there will be no class. There will be uh, halal here and uh, breakfast. Uh, but when, I believe in the week after or two weeks after, we'll get back to it. Yes, Lisa. So I don't know if you're looking at Sally, but um, I mean, the biggest example I can think of going to Nikva was light, light and, and, and Rafa. And then drive. And then drive. <coughs> so we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Great question. Okay, so I don't know if we get to Yom. It's a great question. Um, I don't know if we get to Yom Kippur. We'll come back to Yom Kippur candles, and we'll come back to that. But that's an excellent question. Yes. The whole set, the whole idea of brachal vatala. What, like you know, a lot of times we say we don't do it because that's a brachal vatala. What is so terrible about saying another bracha? Is there an opinion of like learning about? Like, is there a whole sugya about brachal vatala? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it, it comes it comes from it's an extension of the third commandments. Losisa Hashem lekechal Hashav. So, it, granted, it's not, I, I, it's, it's an extension, but it comes from, I mean, the general principle is awe, is I'm not going to invoke God, meaning we're a pretty casual generation, so it doesn't, you know, hit us as hard, but there's a sense of, I don't say this name unless I'm in, like, a proper state of halavai. We would say every bracha with that proper, but you're, you're, you're pointing out a deficiency in all of our brachos. I'm not disagreeing. I, I'm agreeing. In other words, we all say bracha, people mumble the bracha, whatever it is, hopefully we say a bracha, you know, but, but the idea is that when we say a bracha, it should be done with COVID rosh, with a certain seriousness, a certain awe, and to the point that to simply say God's name for, for, for without it being absolutely obligatory, it's like, you know, you don't, for Harry Potter fan, you know, Voldemort or whatever, you know, you don't say his name out loud. Like, it's like, it's like, no, okay, fine. Uh, but the point is that, that, that oh, fine, I'm sorry. Uh, the point is that it's God, right? You can't just, you can't just simply talk about about him without a sense of trepidation. Correct. Correct. But it's still, but correct. It's not disgraceful. But if I really have a sense of awe and dread, I would not even mention his name without, right? The same reason we say Hashem and we don't invoke his name regularly in the sense of absolute respect. And again, maybe it's, it's beyond us to have that, but it's, but it's, you know, I think it's a heightened respect and awe um, uh, around God. Yes. That it's so important not to say Hashem's name in vain that if you do, like you're never forgiven. So maybe oh, <laughs> they're not laughing at you. They're laughing at your school. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> like not never forgiven, but you have to. Like, I don't know. Like it's why they're next to candle. Only for women. Only for women. Okay. Um, so, I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm. So maybe that's like part of saying not saying like a brachalotel. Correct. So you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's part, it's exactly, you're absolutely right. It's part of that general thing. And again, I want to be clear. You are forgiven. You could do tshuva. 100% you could do tshuva on it. I'm sorry. I just want to be strong about that. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a serious thing. It, it, it's associated, again, even though we're not doing it to disgrace God, but we have to have that sense of awe. And you're absolutely right. Brachla Vatala is connected to simply saying Hashem's name for no reason. Absolutely. Oh, I think it was never forgiven. It's low in the key. Hashem, Hashem will not wipe out, like, forgive you for future things. Okay, okay. But yeah, but you certainly, we could do tshuva on anything. Anything. Yes. It should probably still be okay because this last point about Kava Chavez. Like, it's not about my bed. But you didn't even have Kava. You have to experience Kava Chavez. So your house can't experience Kava Chavez. It's not that I'm doing something special for Chavez if I'm not there to, like... So, yeah, the post can say you have to experience that. You have to experience it. 
and therefore there has to be some level of experience. Um, so she could sit with the candles for 30 seconds before she walks out the door? It has to be after dark. So, right. So, 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 yeah. So, so we saw the postgame, the postgame set, right. The postgame set, if you really accepted Shabbos at that point, um, you don't, it doesn't have to be after dark. You could benefit, you could sit there with the lights and do something after, you know, after you light, and that would be sufficient. Ideally, it should be something after dark. Sorry? Is there a time period? I don't have a, I don't have a getter. I don't have a getter. I don't have a getter. Yeah. 